you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you. Because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim. Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Today is a very special day. Hello, somebody family. Not only do I have the pleasure of speaking to my sister girlfriend who has stood beside me to rage against the corporate greed, the machine, self-serving politicians and foul policies that do more to hurt people than to help them. I I just can't even tell you how excited I am right now to have Amy Valella in the place. And she is a fighter in her own right. She is, uh, she's a mother, she's a wife, she is a a business owner, she's an entrepreneur, hello somebody. In her uh, other life, she was a CFO. She has really done it all. And right now, my sister girlfriend is running for Congress to continue her work for social justice. 
and climate change and Medicare for all and education, standing up for the poor, the working poor and the barely middle class. Families who are in crisis in this country need strong voices like Amy's. My God. So here we go. We're going down this journey with my dear friend, Amy Valella. Amy, how you doing, darling? Doing good. I'm so glad to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here too. You know how much I love my quotes. I love my scriptures. So I got a couple <laughs> of quotes to kind of center us today. But one is from Bob uh, Marley. And he once said, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. And I think that is a great quote to lead us into you um, telling the story that you have told so many times uh, in your life. You have done it to edify and to lift the fight for Medicare for all. You have used your family's pain to highlight an issue that if we, when we get that in the United States of America, will definitely change the lives of millions of people in this country. So no one has the fear of being able to go to the doctor because they can't afford it or being turned away because they can't afford it. And, uh, you know, you can mix in there a little bit how we met, but it brings tears to my eyes every time you tell this story. So Bob Marley is helping us open up this segment. You never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. Wow, that quote, I've never heard it before, but that really is the best descriptor of the experience I went through. Um, you know, I was like, you know, I was an average worker who was, uh, you know, living what they thought was what they're supposed to be doing. I had, you know, grown up in poverty and, and had been a single mom, depending on, you know, things like Medicaid and WIC and food stamps. I'd been unhoused numerous times with my children, you know, sleeping on couches and I had put myself through, um, you know, night school and had finally gotten a degree. I thought that I had done what we we're supposed to do with that, you know, false narrative that if you just work hard enough, you know, you're safe. And uh, I learned the fallacy of that in 2015. Um, here at the height of my career, the CFO thinking, you know, my family was, we had made it, that we were safe and, and full of hope and dreams for all of them. Um, the worst thing imaginable happened. Uh, and so my daughter, you know, Shalyn was 22, and she was a very funny and vivacious young woman who was uh, very charismatic and, and, and just a hard worker. She was working two jobs as a CNA and putting herself through uh, school to become an RN. And she decided to uh, finish her schooling and back, back home in Las Vegas, and uh, she got in the car and drove 18 hours um, and arrived in Las Vegas with a red and swollen leg. And, you know, uh, I thought, you know, in all my vast medical expertise that she had just, you know, sat on it, sat on it wrong. It just needed to heal. And I was on the way out for a business meeting. And I got a call um, not too much longer um, that the pain was too much and uh, that she needed to, to go to the ER. And I told her, yeah, just go be seen, you know, let me know how it is. And uh, I got another call. As soon as she entered, they asked her, you know, do you have insurance? And Shalyn replied, no. So they called me up and asking for, you know, can it be on my insurance? You know, um, she wouldn't qualify for the insurance we're on. We were on, we're on TRICARE, which works differently than civilian insurance. And um, because school hadn't started and she was 22, 
uh, she did not qualify until the semester started. So I was like, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll pay for it. Right. We'll be fine, right? Yeah. Um, uh, then I got another phone call and she's in the back crying that, um, you know, mommy, they're not helping me. They, and I said, Shalini, you must not be telling them what you need. She's like, no, I'm begging for something for the pain. And they've told me, uh, and, some, and some additional testing, and they told me to go get insurance and see a specialist that they're not a doctor's office. And, uh, you know, let's put this in perspective. Shalyn was, was, was Black, was sickle cell trait, she was on birth control. She had just driven across country for 22 hours on an uh, ACL tear that was healing that she had just been seen for. And she had a red swollen leg. These are all risk factors and symptoms for a blood clot. Yes. Uh, we're talking about a bedside ultrasound. We're not talking about invasive, uh, expensive diagnostic testing, time intensive. We're talking about a bedside ultrasound is what Shalyn would have needed. And uh, instead of doing that, they told her to go get insurance and see a specialist. She did look up and applied for insurance, but time was on the side, didn't know she had a blood clot. And she got in the plane to go back to Kansas City to finalize the paperwork. Good and, you know, I had to do what no parents, no loved one, no friends, no spouse, no partner should have to do. And that's have your loved one die in your arms a needless, painful death because of the profits of our for-profit healthcare system. That's why Shalin died. And, um, you know, that's what really changed me. And that's when I, I started looking into Medicare for All. That's when I met you uh, and uh, got that fire lit by our meeting. Uh, you really helped me find my voice and know that I had a seat at that table. If they didn't give it to me, I needed to make one. So yeah. that brings us up to today. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And every time you tell that story, I mean, it's very much out of the natural order of things for a parent to have to bury their child. And it was needless. It did not have to happen. And just the callous indifference. Do you have health issues? Not what's wrong with you. Let us treat you. Let's figure out the money on the back end. It's, you don't have health insurance. We can't treat you. Go get health insurance and, and get a specialist. We're not a doctor's office. I mean, that is just flat out. We don't give a damn. And exactly. that is weaved into the system and how you've been able to be. And I know you've had your moments. I mean, we've been friends for quite a while now. And I know that this, what happened to your oldest baby, you know, haunts you every day. And there are moments where you can handle it. Some moments where you're feeling overcome by emotion but you have always, always been on this journey using a mother's pain um, to educate the world about why it is so important that we have universal health care in the United States of America in hopes of uh, stopping something like this from happening to anybody else along the way. And I, I definitely commend and, and salute you uh, for your work. And speaking of your work, I mean, your activism and, and how you're able to turn pain into mission, because that's really what you've done. You've made the death of Shalene a part of your mission. Um, what would you say to other people who may be experiencing a similar pain, who may not be able to find their voice in quite the same way you have been able to find it? You know, first of all, have mercy on yourself. Um, you know, people see me when I'm pulling it together and I'm using every ounce of strength that I can muster, but uh, there are times when I fall apart and that's okay. Grief and tears is the language of love. And yeah. there's immense love. And not everyone, uh, not everyone is meant to uh, 
go out and put it all out there. No, we all have different gifts and talents and capabilities yeah. and, and, and emotional, you know, limits, right? There's many mm-hmm. different ways to speak up and find your seat at the table. There's politics, sure. there's activism in the community. Um, but I would say if you're wanting to do and really be a voice and you're being held back because you feel like who's going to listen, I don't come from the right pedigree, um, you know, those type of things, uh, you know, where we're constantly told that you have to have a certain background in order to be, you know, va- have a valuable voice, then I would tell you to get out there and speak because we are, we are their uh, voices. They are, they are no longer, many of them are no longer with us or they are so hurt and damaged that they don't have the strength to come forward. We can be their voices. That's what I am for my daughter. I am Shalyn's voice. I am her. I'm speaking for her and telling what happened to her um, in her story. And, uh, and it really helps when we tell our stories, just like I've heard you talking about losing your mother and the impact that had in the road that you went down. When we tell stories, it's harder for people to ignore and make it a number. It's only yes. enough if it's not someone you love, right? If it's someone you love, it's astronomical. A, a number one is astronomical. That's right. That's exactly right. And to me, stories strengthen people. It's it's like our it's, it's part of our love language because when we hear other people's story, we do stories or story, we definitely draw strength from that to keep on keeping on. And you have done that so masterfully, and we are really blessed to have you, um, not only in the movement but in the fight to secure Medicare for all in the United States of America. You know, I still scratch my head, you know, coming into this awareness in this really deep way about why we must have that. The commodification of healthcare in the United States of America is obscene. Your daughter's story is but one of many examples of the obscene, obscene nature of the type of uh, healthcare system we have. And I often hear doctors who do also believe in Medicare for all call it a not healthcare system, but a sick care system. We don't necessarily do the things to help people be preventative, and we absolutely do not care about people's lives if they don't have health insurance. These industries, is, they're making money hand over fist. And then we got the pharmaceutical industry, too, that is ripping off Americans in this country, and many people can't even really literally cannot afford prescription drugs that keep them alive or or elevate their quality of life. You know, these are not cosmetic drugs. These are drugs so that this person can live. And there is truly a callous indifference. Do you see us gaining Medicare for all uh, in our lifetime? And, and, and what will it take, do you think, for us to get there? That definitely is the goal. And hopefully sooner than later. I think we are seeing a, tra- a transition in public opinion. But I think in order to get there, we're going to have to really have more voices speaking loudly and using every tool at their disposal to mobilize people. You know, we need to get first step, we need to get more progressives into office, both yes. in the House and the Senate, right? And then once we when we have progressives in office, we also need there is still, it isn't just the progressives that are in office, it's also you know, getting the each community ignited where they are out pressuring on the ground. This has to be a joint effort from all of us, from all angles. We need to pressure every angle we can because we are up against some strong forces. We are against the big pharma, the medical industry. We're up against the moneyed interest in politics, sold out politicians. 
we have a lot to go against. It's only to be all of us coming together to actually fight against this. And that's what I hope to do in Congress. I don't know that many people will be as passionate as I am about Medicare for all. I will never stop talking about it. Um, and we've seen our good sister, Corey, she's pushing on issues yes. really close to her, right? Um, we see that housing and racial justice are front and center nonstop. You know, Representative Corey Bush is out there talking it nonstop and that we all bring something that comes, right? Where we are talking about those lived experiences and put it in your face every day. Right, and definitely in ways that we have not seen in such a long time, if ever, you know, in that Congress in a concentrated way to have members of the squad who just really elevate these issues. You know, I was just asked the other day for another show that I'm working on, you know, who's my, you know, who's the person? No, no, I was, it'd be an interview and, and, you know, Time Magazine, for whatever crazy reason, made Elon Musk the Time person of the year, you know, and I'm like, please gag me, you know, choke me out. I just cannot <laughs> believe this. And I was asked, you know, who would I name as the time person of the year? And I said, if I had to name one person, it would be Congresswoman Cori Bush. Mm -hmm. And it is particularly because of her courage to sleep out outside that Capitol and shame those elected officials who had just went on recess knowing that millions of people were going to be displaced because of the ending of the mm -hmm. eviction moratorium and how she did that thing. And it just, it is a reminder of the power of one. What she did was, was extraordinary and it did force those people to come back, even though the Supreme Court um, messed it all up. But the fact that she did it and forced the Congress, both Democrats and Republicans, to uh, come back and absolutely deal with that is nothing short of extraordinary. So, yeah, we're always going to lift up our sister. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. And for you going to Congress, so now 
you're running. This is your second run. You're running in uh, the great state of Nevada. You know, what or when was the moment that you decided that you wanted to run for the very first time? And what made you kind of reflect, step back and say to yourself, I am going to do this again? <laughs> well, the first run um, was in 2018. And um, I had been doing activism on Medicare for All after meeting the amazing Nina Turner, telling me to go back and, and, and have a voice. I sure did it. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I was uh, I was traveling. I was giving I was doing a healthcare rally after healthcare rally. I was confronting our representatives, and I confronted a sitting representative in Nevada. And it was during a town hall, and I was explaining. Um, and again, I was newly out of grief. Still, I mean, a couple of years after the death of a child, you're really still reeling. It's hard to hold in the emotions. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I was telling the story of Shalin. I was actually telling him how they had to pull me away from her coffin because I was, I was having a mental breakdown because I knew that'd be the last time I'd ever see my baby again. Ooh, it's going to make me cry again. That yeah. one's hard to tell. But, you know, not only that's the last time you'll ever see your child again. And I was actually holding her hair in my hand is for strength um, because I didn't know how to speak in public and it was scary to me. Um, and again, remember, I was kind of, you know, uh, poor trash growing up and not, you know, didn't come from a place where I thought that I, my voice mattered. So this was very scary. Um, and he looked at me and told me that, you know, I heard, I heard your story and, you know, we've have other things that are very important that we're working on like North Korea and I don't know, something else. Um, and, you know, well, I, you know, I, I could have been anywhere this weekend. I could have been out enjoying myself. So I'm listening it was something along those lines. And I was like, wow, it hit me at that moment. Like, you're not a public celebrity. You're a public servant. And I'm yes. telling you that people are dying. I'm sorry I interrupted your fun weekend plans, but you know, people are dying. And, yeah. um, and so I was like, I'm going to primary you. Of course, I didn't know what that all entailed at that moment. The people had been yeah. telling me to run and I kept pushing back because I thought again, I was scared they're gonna come after me. I've I filed bankruptcy. I've been a single mom. I've been evicted. I've been divorced. Oh Lord. You know, <laughs> yes. you know, they're going to they're going to attack me and annihilate me in in a in the media. And so I was afraid. So I ran, but you know, we didn't, we weren't successful. We didn't have the infrastructure then. And you know, there was a lot of forces against us. Uh, we've watched knock down the house. You'll see a lot of people were very scared, you know, and we're dumping money in my race. Um, yeah, let's talk about well, I want to encourage people to go. It's on Netflix right now. If you want to take a little time to talk about Knock Down the House. And I do for people who love documentaries, uh, people who want to see and hear the stories of uh, women who are trailblazing in their own right from different walks of life certainly have some similarities. But there are things that are different. I definitely encourage you to watch over the holidays, uh, Knock Down the House. Talk to us a little bit about that and that experience for you. <laughs> well, it was really, uh, you know, it was an amazing experience. I remember when um, Rachel Lears was the director first uh, talked to me about um, asking me if she could just document um, what, what we were doing. My first thought was, who in the hell is going to want to watch this? They all hate us. <laughs> everybody hates us. The Dems, Republic, everybody hates us. So I'm right. like, who's going to want to watch it? Um, <laughs> but um, it was, you know, it was surreal in that, you know, many of the time, I really forgot she was even there because she was zooming in and just off to the side. She was like a fly on the wall. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they documented our run 
Um, it showed the behind the scenes. It was, again, it was something where I was really pushed out of my comfort zone. Uh-huh. You see the raw Amy, and you see very vulnerable moments for me where I, even when I first saw it before it was released, because she wanted to get her input, I was like, why in the hell do you have this in here? Like, are we yeah. crying? Like, yeah. can we take that out? And she was like, Amy, you know, no one would, would question your strength. And I want you to think about it overnight. Why are you afraid for people to see you in tears? Yeah. And, and so I thought about it and I was like, well, you're right. It's time that we show that strong women can cry. And damn That's it, we right. have more women who care this much in office who are going to cry. I wish we had more that yeah. were this set that they feel like more people's lives are going to, more people are going to die because you, I didn't, you know, you weren't doing something, aren't successful in something that they're crying. So right. uh, it was amazing. It was amazing that the, the, the movie actually took off. I remember you and I talking it, about it actually. Do you remember that? Yeah, we, I do. We were like, you know, like, well, do you really think it's going to, you know, take off? And I was like, I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. <laughs> and it did. It did take off. It, 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 people loved it because it's just raw and it's everyday women running for office. You know, the other women highlighted were running in 2018 mm-hmm. alongside you and other states. So we have uh, the now, now both Congresswomen, uh, both mm-hmm. uh, Corey, Congresswoman Cory Bush, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. And we know that even uh, Congresswoman Bush had to run a second time, the same thing yeah, that you're third. doing right now. And she, oh, her third time. And it victorious. was her third time. She ran the third time was the charm. Yeah, was I the forgot charm. about that. She did that. And then we know that for that election cycle in 2018, uh, Ocasio-Cortez was the one out of the four of you to become the Congresswoman. And it certainly has been setting a blaze uh, everywhere she goes since then. And then we have our sister from the great state of, uh, of West Virginia, who was in there as well, mm-hmm. a coal miner's daughter. I thought that was very insightful to have um, uh, somebody uh, like that in there. I mean, you guys have some similarities again, but right. some things that are really different um, to your experience. And I, I thought it was uh, beautifully uh, set up. Mm-hmm. It really showed the fabric of, in my, in my opinion, of lived experience in the different yeah. Although we all had very different um, experiences, vastly different, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It was still the underlying core issues that all of us were running on, and we still continue to run on. And, yeah. you know, um, I think I'm glad that it also highlighted losses. Um, yes. And because here's the thing, you know, yeah, losses hurt, and, and, we, and, and, and we can become discouraged, but we cannot be discouraged. We have to get back up because every time we run, every time we are out there telling our stories, talking about the issues, we are planting and watering more seeds. And that happened even in Nevada. I mean, Bernie came in 2016, wasn't successful then. He planted some seeds. I'd like to think I helped water some of those seeds. Yeah, no, <laughs> he you did. A few more. Then he came back in, tw- in 2020. We had a landslide victory, right? Very successful. Working, planting, yeah. watering, planting, watering, right? And now, so now, we are now getting ready to hopefully, you know, cultivate that harvest and take it to Washington. But, you know, regardless of the, out, the outcome of any of these races, we are doing the work. Regardless, whoever's running, whoever's out there in the front, we're doing the work. And uh, yeah. not to give up. You can run again. No, you can't give up. Nothing beats a failure but a try. And sometimes you got to try over and over and over and over again sometimes. Mm-hmm. So let me pull something from Nina Simone. And she once said, one of my favorite 
my name, I was Nina came from Nina Simone. My mother actually uh-huh. loved Nina Simone and uh, she's a firebrand like I am too, or or I'm a firebrand like her. But I was just really honored. Uh, she's just a power was a powerful uh, singer and used her uh, voice and her platform to talk about injustices in this country. And she once said, "I am just one of the people who is sick of the social order, sick of the establishment, sick to my soul of all of it. To me, America's society is nothing but a cancer, and it must be exposed before it can be cured." I am not the doctor to cure it. All I can do is to expose the sickness, Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I think that that is what our work is, that we're working so much to expose the sickness so that we can do something about it, you know? Yeah. There's um, a lot of sickness to expose. Oh my God, it is a lot. So we talked about Medicare for All. How about you want to dabble in uh, in in the environmental justice space just for a minute? You know, I think we're not taking the the need to deal with climate chaos as serious as we should, and I mean we in a very collective way. Of course, there are organizations out there sounding the alarm every day. There are scientists, you know, sounding the alarm every single day, and people like you. One of the reasons why we need not just for Medicare for all, but there's a whole menu of 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 social justice issues that you are standing up for and that you're fighting for and I know that climate justice is certainly one of those definitely and we talk about the intersectionality of these these things I mean they're all intersectional we can't just be a one issue candidate by any stretch of the imagination we can't have healthcare justice unless we have climate justice right, right. racial justice I mean down the list economic justice so in the fight for, for the climate, um, you know, this is something very dear to me because when we talk about what's happening now, you know, uh, centrist and the right are just going with the status quo, but they're not addressing the urgency of now. What is the future we're going to leave for our children and grandchildren? You know, there will be losses because of what's happening in the environment. And I know what losses feel like in a family. I don't want to leave that to my 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 future, my child, my grandchildren and great grandchildren and down the line, you know, we're facing this uh, really um, in, in Las Vegas. Many may have heard that we were on fire in the north and we're running out of water in the south. And in the district I'm running in, in District 1, we actually have um, Hoover Dam, um, which right now has the, 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 the lowest recorded levels uh, of water. And this doesn't just this doesn't just affect Nevada. This affects surrounding states as well. Yes. Um, but we have the lowest level of water right now. We are in a white a water crisis, and we are also and so fastest, is California too. Right, throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. And we're the fastest growing and fastest warming city in the nation. And as we're doing that, when we talk about you know Las Vegas, how does it affect you know the, the constituents? I mean, it's, it has some of the most extreme heat island effect in the nation. It can be up to 20 degrees hotter in the urban core than in the suburban surrounding areas. My goodness. And so who do you think that's going to affect? Yeah, black or and brown. Black or, and brown communities, right? Yeah, yes. And while we're facing this, they are right now, all of our um, federal delegates, including my opponent, are supporting a uh, what's called SNECA, which is the Clark County Land Pool, which is going to expand Las Vegas by the size of Washington, D.C. And it is a giveaway to developers. 
So we are going to increase the size of, of Las Vegas at record water levels. Um, and we are, you know, have some of the worst um, air quality. We'd be given an F by the American Lung Association for our air quality. Um, and we're going to, you know, right now, this is the time it's appropriate to expand the size uh, by such a tremendous amount. And that, and it's a, it's a federal issue. It's not local and state because it's going to be taking taking uh, public land to do this expansion. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've been out. I was out just talking with people um, down in Boulder City who would be affected by this, and they are in an uproar. They were upset that this is going to cause even in Boulder City, uh, some of the outskirts. You know, they're afraid of the dust bowl. You know, issue. They're afraid of how it's going to affect their community. Um, and again, we're seeing where the interest of, you know, money interest is taking precedence than the interest of the constituents um, in, in that area. And that is very unfortunate. And you're absolutely right. What is impacting Nevada will certainly impact all of us. This, when we're talking about climate, either justice or injustice, dealing with climate chaos, the whole notion of push and pull factors, famine, you know, mm -hmm. is a part of this displacement of people, a part of this. A lot of the folks, you know, refugees and such who are trying to come into this country are being impacted by some of that, the the upheaval within within the, the climate. And so we do have to deal with climate chaos, not only as a nation, but as a world. And as far as I can see, I don't think that the world leaders collectively are dealing with this in a way that shows that they understand the magnitude. And we know many movies have been made. We, we often say uh, art imitates life, you know, and that's true. But if you think about the different movies that have shown an apocalyptic like seeing happening, that stuff is primarily attached to some type of uh, climate episode. So it is something that we all have to pay attention to. And it doesn't matter every other thing that we care about, whether it's economics, whether it's racial justice, gender justice, sexual orientation, you name it. None mm -hmm. of those things can we uplift and fight for if we don't save Mother Earth. We have disrupted the ecosystem. We've been very disrespectful and very arrogant, we collectively, uh, to Mother Earth. And uh, we're gonna have to turn this thing around if we're gonna have somewhere mm -hmm. to, 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 to be, to habitate. And as you laid out for our children and our children's children, and with all of these ultra wealthy people taking their behinds to the, to the you know, out, out in outer space, I say, don't do it, let them stay here because I don't want them monkeying it up up there. We did enough <laughs> damage down here, hell. But for those of us who can't afford to go all up there gallivanting in space, we, we best get a clue real quick that we have an obligation to save Mother Earth. So glad that you are fighting for climate justice as well. You're just a fighter all the way around, baby. You do that. Yes, you do. Good now, where? Yes, we are. We are in good company together. We have some fighting women in our circle. Got me uh, kind of smiling right now for our little... Uh, text chains with other of our sisters, <laughs> you know, just just staying together, trying to stay grounded and to keep each other lifted. So I, I want to end on something positive. What words would you speak to give people a word of encouragement, uh, no matter what they're going through right now? A lot is happening from the, the pandemic is certainly not over by any stretch of the imagination as some people are talking about it like it's just a thing. Mm -hmm. We know that the very people that we are fighting for were suffering before the pandemic and the pandemic just exacerbated their struggles. We can't ever lose sight of that. And even though in all of our struggle, even in all of the fight, because this is a fight, mm 
Right. There has to be something that we can draw on, some kind of reservoir that reminds us that all is not lost and that when everyday people put a little extra on their ordinary, extraordinary things can and do happen. You are part of that ecosystem of extraordinary, my dear sister. So what words of uplift would you give people who have joined us uh, in this conversation today? You know, even through pain and trials, there are blessings and you know, I've learned the blessing of reaching out and helping others. And that's the gift my daughter gave to me. Even at your lowest point, there are blessings. There are things to be learned. We cannot tire out. That's what they want us to do. They want us to tire out. We have to keep on. We have to pull those in that we love, hold them tight and continue on with the fight um, and not do not tire. I mean, there we are, we are making so much change and it may feel like it's insurmountable at times, um, but we're going to keep in this fight and we got each other. We have each other in this. We're all in this together. Not one of us is alone. We have each other's back and we're going to continue on this fight uh, until we reach, uh, you know, justice in the so many areas that need to be, uh, you know, fought for. Amen to that until freedom reigns. Hello, somebody. And where can folks find you, social media and also your uh, website? You can find me at Amy. Dot Vegas, which is simple, <laughs> or you can go to amyvillela.org, um, which is Amy with a V-I-L-E-L-A.org. Um, but yes, please reach out. Um, we'd love to earn your support. Uh, definitely needing to, uh, you know, get people to support us and get contributions in. Uh, we're reaching a year-end deadline. So it's one of the most important things you can do to, to help us take this to Washington, D.C., yeah, so if you want to get involved and engage and help a champion for change, Amy Valella is the one. Amy, it was so great to join you in this space. We're, we're together a lot of times, all the time, <laughs> mainly. I mean, we're, we're together, but not necessarily in the Hello Somebody space. So I love you so very much. Please keep I doing what you you're too. doing. And to everybody that is on this Hello Somebody journey with us, you know, I always say, Hello Somebody because everybody is somebody. We want you to keep the faith and damn sure want you to keep the fight. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.